right. Good morning, TBF family. Can you guys hear me okay? Like on a, with a microphone on, I always hear me, so I'm like, I'm like John, I'm like, I don't know. Yes, please. Um, so let me open with a, just a quick word of prayer uh, as I get started. Lord, Heavenly Father, I just pray you, you give me the message that needs to be spoken today. I pray that the words I'm speaking uh, reach out to people's hearts, uh, reach out to their souls, uh, and give them a true reason to believe in this uh, Christmas season. I thank you for uh, what brought this message to my mind, and I just pray that it comes all together for your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. As I was putting this together, I was thinking, like, as Dan, John, and I all had the opportunity to speak in this Christmas season, I find joy in just seeing the different ways that we do stuff, the different things that we talk about. But what amazes me the most is how without talking to each other about what we're going to say, God puts it all together to, to put a, a complete message together for you guys. So I'm truly grateful for this opportunity, and I pray that the words I share to today uh, touch your hearts as the stories that I'm going to share with you um, really have touched mine. I titled this one, The Rest of the Story in Honor of Dan, a soldier rendition, because we're going to talk about some experiences that I've had in my life. But I'm going to give you a little bit of a background story ahead of that, okay? Um, this year has been a pretty special one to me so far. I'm helping Caitlin with her VBS this year. Uh, it was her senior project. She's my eldest daughter, the first one to be a senior in high school. And she has to do this project. And she chose Operation Christmas Child as an organization to support doing her senior project. So for me, this was the first VBS I actually attended. I was here. I mean, I've been the Sunday school superintendent for what, like five years? I got to help set up. I got to help do stuff. But I never actually took the time to spend the week here, took the time off work to be here through that VBS. And this year, with it being my daughter's project and the organization they were, su they were supporting, I just I felt I had to help with it. So. As you're going to see, Operation Christmas Child and, and helping kids at Christmas has always been kind of a special thing to me. Not that I've been always really good about it, but it's always been special to me. And frankly, it, it brings back memories of my childhood, and it makes me think of my dad. And I'm going to try to keep it together as we go through this. Because those of you who knew my dad, you knew him. Those of you who didn't, you missed out, and I'm sorry, because um, he's passed on now. And here is an excerpt from his obituary. I even looked it up online, pulled it up, and, and just quoted it. So you can see just an idea of who he was as a man. Pete Bell played the role of Santa Claus for many years, off and on, at the Deaconess Children's Cancer Ward. Now, he would raise funds to do this by working holiday parties, working Christmas parties, playing Santa Claus for family and friends. He's even done the Christmas tree lighting and in Chini a couple times, dressed up as Santa Claus. One year, he even grew out his hair, grew out his beard all big, and then dyed it all white with some hairspray, just so he could be totally legit and not have to wear a fake beard. It was awesome. But he would take those funds that he raised, and he'd go out shopping. And he would buy Christmas gifts and stocking stuffers. And my brother, my, my mom, my dad, and myself, we would sit together and we would put Christmas gifts together 
for the kids in the children's cancer ward. Now, we'll go back to his obituary. It says he would raise funds for this particular gig by working parties. And this act was an act of extreme sacrifice and joy for him. For afterwards, it would take him several days to recover emotionally and be back to the jovial man that we all knew and loved. Well, one year, he asked me to go along. I did. And I got to see the rest of his story. See the rest of the story. Right? I got to see the joy in the kids' faces as we were there in the children's cancer ward. Kids that were suffering from horrible, horrible disease processes. My, my neighbor was there with a brain tumor. And this was December 20th, and she was not expected to live until Christmas. And that's what inspired me to get into medicine and do what I do now. But just seeing the joy on those kids' faces and seeing how they just lit up, knowing that someone cared for them. Someone went out of their way to help them out. Now, growing up, my dad was probably the most awesome guy I knew. He volunteered a lot. He gave a lot of his time and his energy. And in general, I would say he was my hero. He was loved by all who knew him. And I hoped that when I grew up, that I would be able to be at least half the man he is. So I thought, I thought that would make me pretty good. So I hope you can understand how Caitlin doing that VBS this year to support an organization that's dedicated to giving Christmas gifts and spreading Christ's saving message to children all around the world means a lot to me. Ah. But as it, it gave me joy to see her working so hard to not just help local kids, right? Because we ran the VBS, we got to help out our local kids, we got to play games and, and teach them about Christ. But the work that we did and what we taught those kids has reaches far beyond these walls. It gets to go around all around the world and reach kids and tell them how our Savior was born to deliver them from their sins and to spread God's eternal love. Because in Isaiah 55, 11, what does it say? So my word comes from my mouth and will not return empty, but will accomplish uh, what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. Right? So God's word's not going to go out there and return empty. That message is going to go out there and be fruitful. Okay? So these boxes were filled, and they're traveling right now to reach kids all around the world, to tell them how a Savior was born as a little babe, to help save them. Because in Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And that's Isaiah 9, 6. So now we're going to get into the rest of the story. Because like I said, I, I called it the rest of the story, a soldier's rendition. We haven't talked about any soldiering yet, so we're going to get into this. Um, Dion, why don't you cue up this video? Because this is the first Operation Christmas Child video we saw this year. My name is Elizabeth Costner, and I'm from Latvia. My childhood was not the easiest one. I had two younger siblings with me, and we lived in a super poor environment. My birth parents were very alcoholic and drug addicts, and so living with them was always never safe. One day, a social worker came to my house. 
she walks in and then not long after that she comes to Macau and she tells us to get in the car and she drove us all the way to orphanage. Me and my two younger siblings, we lived in an orphanage for about a year. At the end of the year, the social worker came back and she asked if I would like to be part of a foster care family. The word family got me to say yes right away. I only had a foster mom. From the very beginning we met her, she pointed out that she never wanted older children. She made it clear that any time I disobey or got a line, she could send me back to orphanage. I don't want to go back. There was a day she took me and my siblings to an organization that was doing food stamps. We got our food, but then I was about to leave and my foster mom was like, hey, not yet. And when she guided me towards the long line of people just standing. When it was our turn, the person just looked at me and gave me a shoebox. And the person just smiled and said, here, it's a gift for you. I did not understand why a stranger would give me a gift. Foster mom told us we had to wait till we get home. That was the four longest miles in my entire life. I also remember it was a cold winter day. We didn't even notice we were cold. So when we got home, my younger sibling dug in right away with the box. And the first thing I saw was their joy, their happiness for the first time. It warmed my heart so much to just see them happy. Then I looked down at my box and I just looked at it. I opened the box and the first thing was this little purple mouse. It's my first toy I have ever owned that was just mine. Besides the box, I also got a greatest gift booklet. The booklet was full of illustrations. I was amazed and I loved the illustrations and colors. And so I started reading it. It got my curiosity up so high because he was talking about Jesus, Lord, resurrection, prayer. But most of all, I think reading that he is my savior and that he loves me made me rethink everything I knew about what I was going through. It wasn't until a few years later, when I was about 14, when I was going through some hard things. I didn't felt loved from the day I was born till I got to foster care system. Even through there, while she cared for us, there was really no love, no emotional attachments. I remember the connection the booklet gave me, which made me remember what I read. And so when I read that, it made me really felt like I cannot believe a stranger will feel love for me, which helped me to really pray for the first time. It felt like a warm, invisible blanket wrapped around me. It felt like Lord was giving me a hug. Officially, he has found me. And so from that day, I never stopped praying. I prayed that we would officially will have a family. Our prayers were answered. We finally got a family. We were adopted in Arkansas. This picture was taken in Latvia. So my parents traveled to my country to pick us up officially as their daughters. Their love for us is strong and pure, and 
I love them so much. I told my mom and my dad, we have to pack a box. So each member of our family ended up packing a box and we send it off every single year. It may seem simple to others, but it spoke so much to me and meant so much to me. Operation Christmas Child, shoebox hit, changed my life. Now, why we were watching this video earlier this year on October 23rd, my mind was instantly transported back in time to 1997. And a little girl was brought to my mind. The Holy Spirit wrenched on my heart while we were watching this video and told me I needed to pray for a little girl that was in an orphanage when I was in Bosnia and I was holding on to her. I didn't know what she was going through. I didn't know what she needed. I don't even know her name. But I know God was calling me and telling me to pray for her. And I stopped what I was doing and I prayed with all my heart and all my soul. It brought tears to my eyes and it really inspired what I wanted to share with you today. And I hope that my prayers were answered. I, I, I truly believe that God was telling me to pray for this girl and, and I did. So let's go back to our scripture reading. Back in John uh, 1 verses 4 and 5. Now, the reason I had John read through the, um, the New King James or King James, I told him either one would be fine, is because the word comprehend was in it. And the word comprehend, I think, is, is critical to what, I, what I'm talking about today. It says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And why do I say that's key to the message? Because... When I was in Bosnia and the story happened, I was not saved. I was trying to do good things as a guy. And, I, and, and as we get through later on, you'll see that I think, I think, although I didn't have a relationship with Christ, I knew a little bit about him, and I think he was still trying to, to work through me, although I was a little slow to come around. Um, but that's where I was. I was alive. I was working. I was trying to be good. What some people would call a light but I was in the dark. I didn't comprehend the deeper meaning about what I was doing. I was just a guy trying to, to bring kids happiness and have some fun. I look back now and I wish I could have done better. I wish I could have acted with more purpose, helped more, and I wish I would have known Christ and known him well enough to be able to, sh to share his message of salvation even then. But today is a new day. A new day with new hopes and new goals. And the season is the same. The season of the birth of Jesus Christ, who said in John 6, 37 through 40, Everyone my Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will never cast out. Everyone the Father gives me will... Uh, um, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me that I should, I should lose none of these that he has given me, but should raise them up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So reaching out to people, winning souls for Christ, 
is really what the, the, the goal of Operation Christmas Child is about. Through bringing kids these little Christmas joys um, and the, the message of Jesus Christ. So we still haven't talked about soldiering yet. So we're going to go back in time a little bit. Why don't we load up the next slide, Dan? So late in 1997, the Army sent me to Bosnia, a war-torn land, with my Army Reserve unit for a nine-month mission, where our mission was to provide medical care to soldiers, people in the local town as we were able to because of rules of engagement, and other people, based, uh, you know, uh, depending on situation. Like there was a war criminal who was caught when we were there, and he got pretty shot up in his capture. So they brought him to our hospital so we could stabilize him so that he could live to go through his war crimes trial and be held accountable for his actions. And as a soldier, as a surgical tech, that was part of what we got to do. So next slide, please. So we worked long hours. We got exhausted. Here's a couple of my friends. That's Al and that's Sergeant Colette working in the emergency department. We tried to get into a new routine. We had a mission to do, and I think we did it well. We tried to help each other. Next slide, please. We tried to help each other, have fun, enjoy life a little bit, and be a little more normal in, in the face of what isn't normal anymore. Next slide. We tried to help hold each other up, to help bring each other through hard times at home and times when you're a little homesick and you don't know what's going on. It's your, your army family that helps you get through that. Now, as it was getting close to Christmas time, we had gotten hold of a local orphanage. Go to the next slide. We gotten hold of a, a local orphanage. Oh, here's trying to be normal. This is me putting a, an ornament up on the Christmas tree. Um, we got a hold of a local orphanage, and we, we were sent home to get packages sent to us of clothes and toys and gifts and food and whatever we could get from our families. And those things came into us, and we boxed them up. And we got them ready to go to uh, this local orphanage. So you see kind of little parallels. It wasn't for Operation Christmas Child. It was just a bunch of soldiers doing what soldiers do, trying to help out each other, trying to make the world a little bit of a better place. Me, with my background, I was more than happy to join in. It made it feel more like Christmas, more normal, which when you're that far away from home is a good feeling. So we got these boxes of toys and clothes and everything, and we spent our time after hours boxing them up, packaging them up, and getting them ready to deliver to this orphanage. Now, the reason I have these pictures is because there were 12 of us from the Spokane half of the unit that were assigned on this mission. So the Spokane newspaper decided to send a newspaper crew to come over and talk to us, to tell our story, to learn about what we were doing, about our mission. And these are all pictures that I, I just... Uh, copied out of the paper and put up in PDF format. That newspaper was actually released on Christmas Day, 1997. This is a 25-year-old newspaper that I have. It's traveled with me so many places because the stories in it are stories that are they're, they're part of my heart, they're part of my soul. And I'll tell you, when I was putting this message together and I was looking it, for it so I could get these pictures out and I couldn't find it, oh, I was a wreck. I reached out to the newspaper, and I, was, I, like, I looked through the archives to see if I could find a copy of the newspaper. And it said, hey, if you get a subscription, we'll let you, we'll let you download it. So I did. It said, again, I get access for six months. Yeah, that didn't happen. 
it said that I could only access things for like the last two years. So then I, then, then I tried to download, like, it said, call us and see if we can do this further. So I called them. Nobody's answering the phone. And then, miraculously, I remembered where I put it. <laughs> I didn't need it anymore. I found my copy. So it was good. I looked all over the place. But let's get back to the orphanage. So as the time came, we traveled to the orphanage. Let's go to the next slide, please. Here's uh, some of the toys that we had. Next slide. All right. So we, as we, we got to the orphanage, we are there spreading out toys and gifts. There's a group doing a little puppet show. And the puppet show is all about, you know, trying to get people to feel welcome in a situation where they're not welcome. Right? There's one kid in this orphanage, probably was about 14, 15 years old. His entire family is dead. There are no records of how old he is. He doesn't know. Because his whole family died when he was young enough that he doesn't remember what his birthday is. And think about how much we tie to a simple date. We celebrate Christmas on December 25th. It's just a day that we picked. Right? So this kid has no idea how old he is. But as we're here, we have the soldiers that are doing a little puppet show. These kids are feeling loved. I mean, this is a kid giving a little hug to, to the puppet, right? Well, I'm walking around the, the orphanage. And as I'm walking around, there's this little girl. She's probably about nine months old, sleeping in a crib. And the lady working at the orphanage says, do you want to hold her? I, I wasn't, I, I never held a baby in my life, I don't think, until this point. I was like, sure. And so this lady picks her up and she hands her to me. The girl wakes up a little bit. And she just looks up at me and she smiles and she holds onto my uniform and pulls herself close to me and just, just she just like feels like, I feel like this is like the happiest moment of my life. This is a great little moment. Now I'm walking around with this girl for probably about 20 minutes or so. Like I said, I'm not used to carrying babies. After a while, they get a little heavy. And one of my friends is like, hey, can I hold her? I was like, sure. So I go to hand her off to this lady. And this girl grabs a hold of my uniform, pulls herself closer to me, and is screaming until I pull her close to me again. Because she wanted that bond. She wanted that closeness. So we stayed like that forever. We walked around for probably another half hour or so until she fell asleep. And she was well asleep so I could put her down. Go to the next slide. So I put her down so we could eventually leave the orphanage. Now, I often think back about that day, especially at this time of year, and I wonder if I could have done more. I know that back then, if I, I as a single soldier, could have found out a way to adopt that girl and bring her home with me, I would have. And, and I will never forget her. But that's the girl God was telling me to pray for. Next slide, please. That's her. So this is the girl that God was telling me to pray for just a few weeks ago, 25 years after the first and only time we ever met. I had no clue what she needed other than prayer and that God was telling me to do it. And I had to obey. Now, I did not have a relationship with Christ when I met her. But I do now. And somehow God chose me at that time to bring me into her life. So that when she needed prayer 25 years later, 
I was able to do it, and to do it without hesitation. And God chose that time 25 years later to bring her to my mind again through a video. A video that wasn't about her because she wasn't from Latvia. She was from Bosnia, right? And I've thought about it often and prayed about it often several times uh, since that day. And I still wish that I could go back in time and do more for her in the first place. So for me, these are just a couple stories that wrap up the spirit of Christ in Christmas. The spirit of love, goodwill, and sacrifice. And funny enough, in both of them, I was not saved yet. Now, my father, when he was in a hospice situation, I asked him if he knew Jesus as his, as his Lord and Savior. And he said he did. I think through life, knowing the man, his actions showed it. But until that day, I hadn't taken the time to ask whether he truly had trusted that Jesus Christ was born on Christmas Day, came to the earth, and died for his sins. Now, I think that his actions probably should have been enough to tell me that he believed, that he knew. But I know that there's a lot of good people out there that aren't saved, that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They're just good people. So, I felt I had to ask. So, uh, I, I truly believe that although in these stories, I didn't yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ... But I think having been exposed to him as a child, because my dad was Catholic, my mom was Lutheran, and we went to church every once in a while, I think having an idea that there was Christ out there, that there was a God out there, helped me to be able to, to live through these stories, to, to, to give of myself with a, a, a man like my father as an example. And I think that Christ was working on me long before I made a decision to come to him. I think I was just a little slow to come around. So this Christmas season, I ask you to remember why we are here today. What Christ's birth means to you. Look around and make sure you are showing and seeing his love in your life. And if by any chance you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior... There is no better time than today. This is truly the best Christmas gift you could ever receive. The eternal life given only through Jesus Christ. So, if you haven't and you want to, please talk to Pastor Steve, Pastor John, one of the elders, one of your friends who, who you know can lead you in prayer to come to Christ. Reach out. And bring Jesus Christ into your life, into your heart, into your mind and your soul, and live for him. Now, if you want to take a look at this paper, you're more than welcome to. Please be careful with it, because, again, like I said, it's 25 years old. And it's crazy enough. One of the reasons I love this paper is, uh, where's that picture? Here it is. Big picture. <laughs> I've never been that big in a paper before. It's kind of cool. <laughs> or since. Um, but that Christmas in Bosnia was truly a special one to me. Uh, and so that's the rest of this soldier's story. Um, I've had many Christmases overseas. Go to the next slide, please.
So I just wanted to say thank you all for listening to me talk to you today. I just pray that this, uh, these stories kind of touch you as they have touched my life. Um, and I wish you all a very Merry Christmas and God's blessings.